This is the podcast about the meaning of concepts in business. Okay, so good morning. I'm very happy to welcome all of our listeners to our first podcast, Biz Culture, uh, this very nice sunny last Friday of January. And uh, excited as I am, uh, we have a wonderful guest today, our first guest, and uh, just uh, would like to introduce a little bit about what this podcast is all about. So the whole initiative or the whole wish, our main wish, is to invite you for a very interesting discussion with a variety of different business people, people from science, and just uh, exchange different perspectives, different thoughts on uh, the change of process of, of uh, what is happening nowadays in our lives, in business, in, in, uh, in science, and just in everyday things that are happening with us. So. It's just we're going to be covering a lot of different kinds of topics and uh, meeting different people and hopefully, hopefully, maybe not answering all the questions, but just showing different kinds of uh, perspectives from different people and hopefully having some sort of new perspectives for ourselves. And I think that this is very symbolic because uh, we begin our first podcast uh, also at the beginning of the new year. And I think that this year, 2021, has already, which has already begun. It is a very interesting year because I think that we have been waiting for it for different reasons. Hope, hoping that uh, things will become better or maybe hoping that uh, things will not become even worse or just you know waiting for this unknown uncertainty what's going to happen. And this is the whole beauty of that. So uh, not talking too much and not trying to, to, to just, you know, uh, reveal too many things just yet. I would like to introduce, first of all, the, the guest, the first guest of our podcast, who is Kristina Drija. She is the global futurist and an archetypal consultant. I know that uh, many, many people here in Lithuania know her very well, and I'm very happy that she's here with us. And today we're going to be talking about um, a very interesting and uh, very wide topic. So hopefully we will be able to stay on track because it's always a pleasure to speak with Kristina. So our topic today is uh, within a capitalist agenda, can we really place a premium on times of reflection to unlearn an unknown as we meet all the lies beneath the surface of consciousness? So this is our topic and Kristina, hello, good morning. Hi, good morning. It's wonderful to be with you and um, as you just said, it's so wonderful just to see that little sliver of sun um, for this for this last Friday of January. So yeah, so wonderful to be with you. Yes, it's a pleasure. I think that you know, um, just looking through the window, it's um, and seeing the sun, seeing so much snow. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you have a lot of snow where you are at the moment? But here in Kaunas, we have plenty of snow, which is wonderful. And I don't remember that much snow for a very long time. So I think that you know. Again, this is a very nice change in Lithuania as well, you know, having that, that, that beautiful weather now that we're having. So, Krishna, how are you feeling? How, how are you coping? How, how is this beginning of the new year for you? Yeah, well, um, 
obviously, um, I, I wasn't born in Lithuania. I was born in Australia. It's where my family is. I was trying to get back all last year and my flight kept being canceled. And um, it led to feelings like many people do, that this is unfair, this is unjust. I felt completely powerless. I felt helpless. And But really, when um, my flight was no longer postponed, it was completely cancelled. Um, it did help with, okay, I need to accept where I am. And I need to accept that I am not just in the physical winter, which we're experiencing, but I am in an emotional winter. And, and that I have to go beneath surface consciousness to, to be able to uh, create something new because, you know, if we do what we've always done, we'll get what we've always got. And so it's been this perfect opportunity in a way to get out of habitual and repetitive consciousness and really descend into the void because something new can actually only come from that something new. So I would say I'm still living in the void, but um, because I love mythology so much and, and the myth of Hades and Persephone is one of my favorite, I eagerly await uh, the spring equinox and, and for the flowers to, to come up from the ground. But also while I'm here, um, you know, and, and I'm currently in Jodkanta uh, to see the snow too myself, to look and feel beneath the ground and know that even though it looks like there's no life, I actually know that the seeds underneath the ground are where all the potent germination and creativity exists. So I'm still tapping into the creativity that exists in the fertile void. Yes, uh, you have been mentioning this uh, this idea of void quite a lot. And I, I love this, um, this, this, this thing as we were speaking with you before. Um, do you think that uh, this, do you think that a lot of us nowadays, this is what we actually feeling that we are in this, this the so-called void this this uncertainty this unknownness you know of what is going to happen and uh should we be afraid of that or this is just something that's very natural and we should as you said as well we should accept that and just you know wait for for what is what else is there you know wait for what is going to happen in spring or you know yeah. here so far Absolutely. I think it's definitely when we can embrace, but we can't always get to that level. So sometimes not even, um, you know, sometimes even it's so hard to even accept. So we have to go then to noticing, you know, there's, there's a spectrum, you know, I think that we forget there's, there's we have a spectrum of emotions, not just the extremes. But I think what this is really asking of us now is to have new frames of growth. So flux, constant change, death and rebirth, not just linear, like on one upward trajectory all the time, because you know, rhythm is like a keynote of nature. Um, our life is expressed and experienced as rhythms of nature. So we are nature. What we breathe out affects the world around us. We exist within an ecosystem. And sometimes I think we forget that that cycle of, you know, birth and growth and full bloom and harvest and decay and death and rebirth, they occur in the sun, the moon, the seasons, the plants, the animals and businesses and humans. So lack of rhythm can be really disastrous in a business because you know we cannot break the rhythms of nature only ourselves against them and i think now that we've had this enforced winter enforced psychological winter upon us we realize wow i really need to live more in tune with nature and to ride the cyclical waves of change yes uh, i agree with you i think that as you were also saying that you know um, we're kind of in this uh, living in the winter uh, in this psychological winter and uh, but at the same time do you think that we we 
very commonly, at least, you know, in, in, in the circles that I'm in, you know, and then people, when you speak with the people, especially now, you know, when we all on Zooms, on Teams, on, on Skypes and different kinds of, you know, those online meetings, but we're still communicating because we need that. Um, we very often, or I very often hear this saying that, but we're all in this together, you know, that we are in this together. Yes, people are feeling, you know, maybe not that good. They, they're stuck, they're not sure. Their businesses are suffering. There are a lot of different, you know, psychological traumas. But at the same time, I hear that very often, but we're in the same boat, you know, we're in this together. How do you feel about that? Uh, do you think that just, um, it's just the sake of saying that, or is it, it just helps us psychologically as well, feeling that we're in a way together, you know, and, and this is new for everyone, not just for one or, or, you know, another person, but this is the situation holding together actually helps us surviving. Well, I think, I, I mean, I've read quite a few articles where they just said, actually, we're all in the same storm, mm -hmm. but we're not in the same ship. And I think I agree with that far more, which is mm -hmm. a billionaire is going to be having a different experience of this a storm rather than a single mother struggling to put food on the table. So I, I think that, yes, it's something that as a collective we're experiencing, but um, whether we're on a dinghy or a canoe or a cruise liner is um, having a different impact on, on what that actually means to us. But I think that what it's showing really to us is how, how we meet within our dinghy or our canoe or our surfboard, you know, the storm. And I think that it's the environment asks us to reflect, reimagine, um, re-image what that narrative means. So is it going to be part of a great adventure for you? You know, or is this something like, wow, this is um, a, a punishment? You know, how, what is the narrative that I'm going to create about my ship in this storm? And that is where our power is because we can't control the storm. And I think that's, why the seasons are so important is because we actually kind of recognize um, it's something that has been with us throughout eternity. So mm -hmm. we recognize that there's many ways to live into these rhythms. So while spring can be seen as new birth, like summer strength and autumn, the decline and winter, the death, we can also feel them. So the hope of spring, but we don't actually need to be in spring to feel hope. It's something when, you know, oh my gosh, there's a wave coming at me or now there's now it's the thunderstorm, I can feel it or the ripeness. Wow, I'm finally mastering what it is like in, to live in uncertainty. I always said I can, you know, read the future based on someone's tolerance threshold to the unknown. Maybe you've got this ripeness and this maturity and this poise now, this equilibrium in the uncertainty. Um, you know, to feel that sadness. And, and I did a project with the Australian government recently about how to turn trauma into renewal. And it was for, you know, um, I don't want to say specifically, but one of their commercial departments. And you would think, oh my God, we would just be talking numbers and economics and all the rest of it. We're talking grief, right? And, and because you have to grieve what's lost to make way for the new. And so there's, I think, so much more of this emotional quality that 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 needs to be lived that these seasons of life they're giving us a time energy and space to which experience to experience the more spectrum uh the full spectrum of what it means to be a human being today so i would just really get like ask your um listeners to get really clear with themselves on bottom line them's like 
bottom line themselves like what creative energies are lying dormant in me at the moment what what metaphorically is dying inside of me is it an attitude an outmoded way of being a self-narrative that's past its use by date you know what's the part of you that's screaming for rest like I think this is what we're wanting is almost this stripping back to be able to see what's actually real. And the more we worry about what other, um, you know, ship people have to manage their storm to be able to say, ah, okay, hmm, this is now for me to co-create this journey, not how I want it to be, but actually how it is. I can imagine it, but I must always live into the reality of what today is presenting to me and also the potentiality and possibility of what could be. I love it. I, I love it. It's just, you know, asking yourself those kinds of questions. And I, I believe that at least, you know, for me, as, as you know, just uh, right, I think, right before the new year in December, this is what I was trying to do with myself. Um, I was I was just, you know, trying to to kind of put myself into the position where I'm, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. I'm just with me, you know, and I'm just with me and, and actually trying to speak to myself and ask those, those kinds of questions just to feel it, you know. So what position am I at the moment? You know, what is happening around me? What's happening with me? And I think it helped me a lot because uh, myself, you know, have to have this little, small business and uh, uh, we just feel a lot of pressure because you have to do this, you have to, you know, follow the rules, you have to follow, you have to make the plans, you have to, you know, think about things. But at the same time, it helped me a lot when I just stopped and I really spent time with myself thinking, you know, so what position am I myself at at the moment, mm -hmm. you know, and then start uh, thinking about, you know, what can be done from that position, you know, kind of taking that step forward, not listening, you know, not trying to, 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 to just kind of trying to feel it out. But I think that that's a very feminine thing, you know, just to feel, to kind of follow your intuition, isn't it a little bit, you know, and kind of just let it go a little bit and, uh, and stop worrying about the figures that much, which are really important to understand, but at the same time, trying to feel out the moment and, and let it sink in a little bit. What's your input on that? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think so many of us live in clouds of denial, right? Like this, we have either, um, uh, you know, this aspiration of who we wish to be, you know, we're someone that gets up and we meditate and we drink our green juice and we do all these charitable acts and, you know, all the rest of it. And, and um, but then the truth and the reality of actually who we are is often not as uh, <laughs> And not, not as graceful and becoming as that. And I think it's that um, meeting ourselves where we are. And we can see this so much where, you know, so many people feel that during this time they, they should have learned to say another language and um, I should have lost weight and, you know, all the shoulds and, oh my God, I should have finally worked on the, the, the book I really, you know, needed to be working on. But I think, again, um, because I do a lot of work with archetypes and, and, um, when we're in survival, the four survival archetypes are the child, the victim, the prostitute and the saboteur, because we're trying to manage our survival. So I think it's almost in a way we've been placing too much pressure on these aspirational selves when actually just surviving the day, God, pat on the back, high five, victory, all kind of round. And so again, because we're, we're often when we're in that super achievement mode, we can be denying the body you know, just very simple things like not even getting up from the computer to walk around and stretch our, our bodies and, and rest our eyes. But even this sense of like this winning at all costs, 
I said I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this rather than actually the moment my body is saying I'm tired I need to rest or even like on a wider perspective saying this isn't the right time for this you know this actually and I think that's again why you know I work so much with 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 the seasons and with nature in my work is because there's there's what's what's timing and what's timeless and what's the eternal and what's the now you start kind of reconfigurating what is the priority and I think that again when we're in this panic stricken mode to achieve we just live very much in our heads you know we shallow breathe you know ask someone you know uh, what's going on in your environment around you and and they probably wouldn't even be able to notice they've just like got tunnel vision because when we're in a traumatic state we go into tunnel vision and so we can just see like that to-do list and everything I haven't done on that to-do list I forget that there's a greater world that exists around me so I think so much of this at this time really is being able to recognize that we're in a moment of transition it usually is never um you know, uh, any sense of perfect. It's a bit like if you can imagine a DJ and two records playing, there's crossover before it fades into that new song. And, you know, you could say that to 2020 to 2021 or even 2020 to 2022. We're going to be in the crossfade for quite a while yet. So let's not go sing that perfect hymn tune that one day we will be there, but we're not there. And I think that, again, what is it in these moments of desolation and hopelessness and power that we actually learn? And often we realize where we do have power and it's where we haven't been displaying it. Yes, uh, the transition period. I think that this is something uh, that, that we have to somehow realize ourselves that we're at the moment, you know, and stop expecting that, yes, now we have the, the bad days and the good days are coming, but just accept mm -hmm. the fact that we are in the process what kind of process, you know, it's a personal, psychological, whatever process that is, but you have to somehow understand that this is the transition process and just, you know, live with that. Stop expecting, you know, for, for the better days, because I think that this, this very, very often it drives us, you know, that, okay, I had a bad day today, so tomorrow I will definitely have a good day or I, I will, I'm worth of a good day, you know, so you kind of have this, this image, you know, that, I will definitely, or something will definitely be, be better. But, uh, but of course, uh, we, we shouldn't. Um, I think that uh, you were also mentioning, uh, and I've read that in the article, when uh, very commonly people or, or business people, you know, and whatever, we just kind of, uh, we tend to focus a lot on this spring, on the ripening. And, you know, people kind of their naturally wish to stay in that moment for a long time, because, you know, this is that that what brings, you know, the pleasure, brings the profit, brings, you know, something. Um, do you think that this is something uh, that should, maybe not should be changed, but this is something that we can can also kind of start thinking differently about that, you know, not all, not, you know, all the, the, the um, all the patterns, all the moments, they're worth living and stop concentrating only on that spring moment you know which brings us the most happiness you know yeah, yeah because I think that I mean there's a traditional um in Australia um, from the indigenous wisdom saying you know which is um an elder once said like it's a rainy day it's a sunny day it's a windy day it's just a day and, and I, I think that we're the ones that, you know, just good and bad, we're back into that kind of polarity. And I think that what we really need is to be able to be in the both and. It, 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 it's like, 
COVID-19 is absolutely awful and there have been blessings in it, the both and, not it's either good or bad. And I think that getting out of that binary and polarity and, and almost this, it's this but not that. And, and I think that, again, what we're wanting is to be able to, you know, like the mythologist Joseph Campbell said about myths, like they represent our human search for what's true and significant and meaningful. And I would rather place that on the value of my day, what is true, significant and meaningful, than give it a categorization of, um, well, you know, you just have to be having rainbows and unicorns, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and ice cream all around you for it to be good, no. You know, and I think that anyone that has been to the underworld and spends time in the underworld of their psyche will recognize that so much of our growth and our potential can only exist in those really dark times, in those periods of suffering. And it's not to run from the suffering and not to actually then say, I've suffered and, and now demand reward as well um, from it. But just saying suffering is, again, a, a season of life. Uh, just as joy equally is, and not to devalue other, either of them because they both just are. Yes, stop, stop, you know, kind of, uh, I understand this this whole idea a lot because I, I, I used to, and I still sometimes do, yes, when, uh, when you really hope for that uh, sunny day after a very big th thunderstorm, you know, and you hope that, okay, it will make things better, you know, then, but, uh, but this is not uh, as it is. What do you think, um, because yes, as, as you've mentioned, you know, and, and we're still kind of in this, I think that now in, in February, we're going to be kind of thinking that it has already been a year since we're in this situation, since we're in this process, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that once we man went to the first quarantine, we thought that, okay, it's just, you know, those three months and it's done. And after, you know, in summer, maybe a bit of kind of uh, release, you know, from, from those uh, different kinds of uh, lockdowns. And then again, once again, we're in the same kind of situation. And uh, I've noticed, uh, again, in people and myself as well, that the second quarantine, it was, it has been much stronger, much, much kind of much more painful for people simply because now what? So now what, you know, now there's no summer that we're waiting for. There's no, you know, three or four months. We understand that we're in the long term for that, you know, and, and there's no, so when when is the end? And we understand that probably not not so you know soon, not not so fast. So, what do you think? Uh, and and how you yourself were coping with uh, with quarantines, with lockdowns, with this you know lack of socialization? And uh, what what what's your situ What's your personal situation in that? Yeah, I mean, I just like if I can just add like the the. The Latin uh, root of the word desire, um, it comes from deciduous, meaning away from my star, away from the star, actually. But, and you recognize in lockdown, oh my God, I want that luminosity because I, I, I miss that light, right? We want to belong our own star, to our own star and we want to contribute to humanity's star. And I think we enter a crisis of meaning. And that's what I feel many people in, in lockdown are, is where do I find the meaning? And again, uh, Carl Jung said, meaning makes a great many things endurable, perhaps everything. And, and we are meaning making creatures. So it's really being able to say, we don't want mass prescribed meaning, but self-defined. You know, so for me, I, I, use, I am using the template of the Persephone and Hadesmith. So I, I have recognized I am in the underworld until spring. I, I will not see light for another two months. And so what can I do that I can only do in the darkness? 
what is the only things that I can actually do where I'm now hibernating, wearing the equivalent of like my pajamas day in, day out, uh, wouldn't know anything about a wardrobe or, um, you know, basics of personal hygiene and things like that. What is it that I can now do when actually I don't have that clamoring external world demanding my attention and my engagement? What is it that I can actually only do in isolation? And when almost in a way I've, you know, we've all been in a way under house arrest, but also can I actually reframe house arrest to say, this is my internal monastery. So think of how much, like so many people would pay like so much money to be given time alone or time away from the, um, there's still demands of life. I'm not, like if you're in a family, food still has to be put on the table. I'm not denying that. But now we actually have um, a legitimate reason to not go to a party and to stay home and journal or whatever it is that we wish to do or work on our own creative project. We don't actually have to defend our choices to the external world. So I think that I think is what I am doing for myself at the moment, which is what are all the things that when it's a beautiful sunny day, I don't like doing. I don't like doing my admin. I don't like doing all the back end operations. I like all that stuff. It's like, well, this is the perfect time to be doing all those things. So again, it's meeting that moment where it, where it is. And I think it's the, also, you know, this idea of, we talk about compassionate leadership a lot, but also how can I display that same compassion to myself and that same sense of self-forgiveness um, and those, deeper aspects that give us an empathetic perspective that when we do rejoin the world that we can really hear someone else's suffering that we can hold their experience and it's not about you know we go back out when we can and, and engage in business as usual the first thing that we really need to do when we meet someone again is tell me how it was for you what was that L chemical container, that vessel of transformation like for you? When you went into that cocoon, you know, did you ever believe that you would become a butterfly again? Or did you think you were going to die a caterpillar? Like, do you know that almost like being able to engage with people of what was this moment for us? How has it shaped you? How has it created you? Will actually move us forward in how we want to co-create our businesses together than in the rush just to get profit back on the bottom line. So how would you think, uh, how can businesses, if we kind of, we, we kind of ended on this note uh, very nicely, how do you think businesses or business people, you know, whatever, how can they apply the, 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 the archetypes, the myth mythology, the nature concepts, meaning in this uh, world of capitalism where profit, where the final profit is, you know, kind of the driven force and that of significance for many people, how, how can we relate those concepts and how can we make them useful and apply them in our daily lives? Yeah, I mean, I always have said that, you know, I feel that the most powerful futurists are filmmakers um, because they give us an image to live into. And, and many of us don't realize the um, narrative capacity of our psyche and that we're always telling stories like it's almost like um, if I asked you how you are you there's no way you can respond but in a kind of story but a lot of us don't recognize that the what is the story we're telling to ourselves about ourselves and what is the story we have to co-create together about what it means to be you know a member of humanity today so I think that 
again, what is that story? And that's why, you know, for me, whether it's Persephone and Hades or the Phoenix, when I look at the Phoenix archetype, it's actually um, not 70% burnt. It's like, you've got to be 100% ash, 100%, like down and out, like, you know, you know, like in AA, how they say like you hit rock bottom, well, then there's a trap door and then another, da, 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 da. and then you can actually from the ashes find something and you breathe life actually into that to be the new golden phoenix. And so I think that we have to, in businesses, it's not about innovation, it's about exnovation. Noelle's great artist said, remove the non-essential so the essential may speak. So we start hearing kind of what's actually essential. Um, and I think it's, again, being able to recognize patterns because when you can recognize them instead of ignoring them or denying them or worse, becoming them, not actually realizing you are the pattern, um, you know, you, you can then work with it. And I think we increase our consciousness through the archetypal realm. They give us the coordinates of this unconscious data that we can then language in physical time and space. But businesses will often kind of say, God, what is archetypes and mythology? What are you talking about? Like, you know, I get ancient, future, future, ancient. But beyond that, they, they like to think that they, 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 they know that there's value, but they can't yet in the conscious left brain do something with it. But when you can kind of say, you know, that Goethe quote, he, he, he who cannot draw on 3000 years is living from hand to mouth. You realize, oh, and that once upon a time is not a fairy tale. Once upon a time is now. Everything that is occurring in these myths is actually the human store, storehouse of human wisdom that we can access right now. And it is that map for when we're lost. It is something that can guide us. And it's not that they're the mythic view becomes this imaginative truth, this emotional truth, which we can then marry with what our accountant is saying to us is about our numbers truth. But stories help us gain distance. They help us be objective. Um, these are all critical CEO kind of skills that you need to be able to have. It allows you to be a meaning maker and a context giver. So is this the end or is this the beginning? Is this a reward or this is a punishment? We're the ones that create the meaning from this. And I've met many, many people, myself included, where we're like, wow, COVID gave us the um, excuse to say my life really wasn't working. And it almost gave the legitimacy for the transformation that, I mean, it would have happened anyway. Nature has this wonderful way of balancing us out, but it's almost this aspect to say, I was going down a really dangerous path. And now I've got the ability to breathe life into a new Phoenix. And I think that's what's really being asked of us now because there's this tension of increasing individualism with society, but what we need for societal change is the power of the collective. And this has shown us that, again, individually, we can't get through this. We can't heal in isolation. We can only heal in community. So I think the businesses that are the ones that can take advantage of the situation at the moment, and I don't mean advantages in, in, um, in the negative sense, but I mean in sense of how do you develop a holographic vision? What is in one is in the whole. Recognizing how deeply interconnected we are with one another and to the earth, all life breathes together. So the companies that succeed are the ones that are going to say, what are the new narratives? What are the new stories that empower the collective, but also hold space for the individual too? And then we also recognize that each of our lives is a story worth telling too. But we've got to say, how are we contributing to birthing the new narrative for ourselves and for the planet? 
And um, I think that what nature is also asking of us as, as a wisdom keeper, like I'm not really into LinkedIn and thought leaders. And uh, honestly, I just don't have the time of day for those people. Sorry if you're one of them. Um, but I, I, I'm really into steward leadership. Those that, that need that tend to the land, steward the land, work with the land, are the wise keepers of all the stories of ancient times. And they remind us that we really have to bow our heads and respect the ancient lands and the invisible forces of connection that allow these deeper and renewing currents of life to flow. So I think the, the businesses that will be su successful are the ones that, as always, can, can marry the arts and the science, the left and the right brain, not the either or, it's the both and. But again, when you work, when you, when you know what is sacred, you will figure out what's next. Businesses for too long have been all in the predictive model. What's next? What's next? What's next? When you know what's sacred, you already know your next step. So a lot of my work with companies is getting them to realize what's sacred. And, and, and I don't mean actually just in a, a religious or a spiritual sense. I mean, if you're a surfer, you know, your religion is, is, is the sea. You know, but and you're in a family. It could be a, a particular, um, almost in a sense, um, uh, an ethical code that you want to behave as a, as a family that that's what's sacred and what's meaningful to you you know that the next right step takes care of itself yes i think that you know knowing that core that virtue you know that that your your business or or, or the beliefs the common beliefs are based on and this is something that's very important and then once you know you yourself as a leader as a business person as a ceo whatever you believe in that yourself and you know that then uh, then it's so much easier to share that and to make this you know not only with your employees not only with the community but with you know everyone else with your customers and then the share belief and this is how you know people then trust you people know you you know and then you're not not mm -hmm. thinking that you are alone and you only have to think about the numbers for yourself but actually caring you know about what's happening around you this is what's going to make you successful and, and then creating that new story, as you said. I love this, you know, this idea of, of writing the story. And especially nowadays, you know, each one of us is, is uh, again, turning the new page and, and starting to write something. And, and uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. Um, I think that, uh, you know, our listeners already got a lot of interesting information, you know, that uh, they haven't heard before, or even if, you know, they, they've never met Kristina, I think that now they're going to be really, really interested in, in archetypes and mythology. And, you know, that not thinking that this is something far, far away, I don't understand that, this is not applicable, you know, to me, but this is something, you know, this is, as you said, this is the core. We have to know those things, you know, we, we should keep that. If I could just say very quickly, like, it's like, look at narcissists, the myth of narcissists and what we see in social media. The myth of Prometheus and what we see as the development of AI, um, like all like we were just talking about the ship in the ocean, um, uh, Odysseus being lost on a long, arduous kind of journey. These are our lives, uh, do you know, and whether we want to look at Star Wars and, 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 and any of the kind of, you know, um, other kind of genres that we see like that. Often it's the battle, not between like the dark and the light, but also order and chaos. And also being able to find that inner star, that inner light within oneself, not just only for oneself, but for the benefit of everyone else too. And so I think, again, these stories are continuously all around us. And so we say, am I gonna meet this as a hero or as a victim? And, and to recognize that we don't go and see any film where it all works out for one hour and eight, like, you know, 50 minutes 
minutes it's like no we want to see like the the protagonist down and out on the floor going oh my god how like that is the the story we want mostly at the moment is the comeback story and what we want to say to each of them is to to say to each of you i see the the golden phoenix that hasn't risen yet rise how can i help you rise it is mine not my job as a member of humanity to see you down on the ground it's to say you're there but it's not where you belong now what have you learned there get up and together we're going to be able to create something new and fresh and original that hasn't been seen before and so that you expand i mean there's that term not post-traumatic uh, um, trauma but post-traumatic growth Mm -hmm. well, always after an experience of suffering, we expand beyond our present consciousness. And we would never have been able to get to that level of degree of consciousness had we not actually gone through that suffering. So can we enjoy the, the depth of consciousness that we've actually gained through a very, very difficult situation? And again, not just that it's about um, always looking for, you know, the silver lining, but it's being able to recognize what is the narrative I'm saying about the situation that I'm in. Yes, and that's and your power. Don't give away your power. That that authoring capacity, that's where the word authorship comes, to self-author oneself. How do we author this story of our COVID-19, you know, journey? That is where my power is. Was it bigger than me? Was it the government's fault? Was it, uh, you know, like blindsided? Whatever it was that you want to use. Or do I actually say, ah, this actually allowed me connect to connect to what is true, beautiful and good in the world. And I was able to realign to my star to be able to serve humanity's true north and, the, and its star. I hope that uh, that this this final, you know, that 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 was a very nicely said final touch that will really motivate and and uh, and inspire our, our listeners to become the authors of their stories and actually, you know, start uh, owning that, you know, that uh, thinking about how this year, the last year was for them and how we're going to enter the new year, you know, starting with January and then uh, starting with this beautiful winter that we're having. Krishna, um, I have a few things that I would like now to kind of uh, a short game that we would like to play with our, with our guests, just to, to kind of round up the discussion that we've had. And uh, I'm going to give you a few main keywords that I thought uh, were kind of, the, I felt that they were quite distinguished in, in our discussion. And uh, once I give you the keyword, you will just very shortly say what comes into your mind, just without any thinking, without any pride. Just tell, tell me what, what do you think about that? So the first one, what I thought, um, nature. What do you think about nature? Love. <laughs> when uh, nature, uh, truth, truth. Yeah. Okay. What about renewal? It's linked to trauma. You can't have one actually without the other. Um, renewal means you have to be birthed out of something else into something new. So renewal for me is daily renewal. I think that's also why I love watching, you know, the sunrise. Uh, it, it's, it's wow, I get another 24 hours on this earth to create again. And so for me, um, sunrise is, 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 is hope of a, a wider renewal. Yeah. And uh, what do you think about transition? Difficult, but also, like I said, it's the crossfades. Um, but what helps me in transition is to be able to, when I look for the myths, I look for these deeper universal, universal insights into what it means when we go through a transition so the personal can meet the mythical. 
and recognizing I'm not the only one going through a transition. This is, uh, you know, how did, you know, how did the gods go through transitions? And actually that, that really gives me great comfort because if I just think I have to manage the transition on my own, um, I usually have a nervous breakdown. And the last one, I, I really want you to just very shortly, but uh, tell me, uh, Phoenix, what comes into your mind immediately? Well, I see the image because uh, I think that imagination, people forget that it means imagination means to image something. And I really kind of feel that what we're moving towards is to being able to kind of have this symbolic um, symbolic intelligence, which many people don't naturally, I think, kind of have. But our collective psyche, how do I say it, responds to the images in myths and fables and legends. So symbols actually help us to hold our and society's deeper psychological experiences. Symbolism really does bring structure to emotional con confusion. And I think it's really essential that we learn to be able to communicate through symbols because we we gain access to different levels of power through symbolic understanding. So for me, I image the Phoenix and I see that. And, and I can actually see that almost all the past iterations and all the future and our iterations. So it's a bit like that indigenous wisdom, which is how do you perceive seven generations, not just forwards, but also backwards. Mm -hmm. So I don't just, I see like, um, you know, a multiverse version of Phoenixes. So that's where my imagination goes. Krishna, thank you. Um, I've had such pleasure. I could talk and talk to you because listening to you is, is it's it's just blissful, you know. And I believe that our listeners uh, were really enjoying uh, the, the the our first podcast with you. And I'm very happy that you've agreed to be our first uh, pioneer, you know, in 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 uh, the project that we have started. And hopefully that will you know be interesting and and useful to listen for in the future. Biz culture. This is the podcast about the meaning of concepts in business. I don't know, do you have any final thoughts or final final uh, suggestion for our readers, uh, listeners? Well, I just want to congratulate you on your inaugural show. I, I look forward to listening to all the future ones too. Um, I, I think that the, the really the, the thing just to, to leave people with is, you know, this Goethe quote, which is, um, you know, when you learn to trust yourself, you can trust life. And I think that when you can trust yourself, then you can trust others. The most important thing is to be congruent with your word, you know, so what you think and what you say and what you do, you're thinking, you're feeling and you're willing, it's alignment in an alignment. So my hope is that it's a wish where you don't break your word to yourself, that, that, that self-betrayal is not something that you engage in. And, and from there, you will be able to see where to rise. It's not a complete fresh start. We always take where we are. You know, what I've learned from my future work is that the past is always present. The past is always in the room. We don't completely disassociate from it. We integrate it, but we disintegrate so we can reintegrate at a higher level. You know, so we take, you know, knowledge of one person, wisdom of another to a new higher form in this collective intelligence. That's what we're doing with this podcast. But I would, I would really, um, and I don't want to use the word caution, but I, 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 I really hope that that 2021 is um, a year where business can say, my word is law to me, so I know that I can trust myself and, and that when I can trust myself, I can trust others and I can trust life and I can really um, enjoy creating within the recurrence of the, the sun rising. 
and, and, and feel myself to be one with nature. So thank you. Thank you, Kristina. So on that note, I would just really thank, I uh, would like to thank all of you listeners. Thank you, Kristina, very much for, for being and supporting us today. And uh, just uh, let's keep talking. Let's, uh, let's meet uh, all here on our podcast. Biz Culture. And uh, I hope that uh, you will also follow us in our blog. And uh, I really encourage you to become our patrons. And uh, just let us let us keep our focus broad. And I hope that uh, we'll meet quick, quite quickly. And uh, till the next talk, have a good day. Bye. This culture. This is the podcast about the meaning of concepts in business.